Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. So, by, <clears throat> by God's grace, um, this evening, we said we'll continue from where we stopped last week. And last week, we were looking at... To Samuel. Um, the, the men who the Bible said... David had, and these were the people who came together to make David king. Uh, and we're looking at it in the Old Testament. And just as a recap, we said that what these men did to make Jesus, um, David king is the same thing we are doing in our generation to make the Lord Jesus king. Um, these these men in the Old Testament came together. They were warriors, and the Bible highlighted the things they did. And, and um, when we George, relate it, George, George, they weren't warriors first of all, because originally they were all the um, the ways and strays of of Israel, and it was yes, David. But what I'm trying to say is this: um, yeah, no, I'm relating it to ourselves. We are talking yeah. about our own spiritual yeah. represent, symbolic representation for application in our generation. We are reading it not because of them. We are reading it for our application now. And our application now is we too are spiritual warriors for Christ. Yeah. And God has called us because we are his own. We have not been called to sit down. We have been called to serve the Lord in his army. And that's why we yeah. are looking at these stories um, as an application for us. Uh, yeah. No, 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 because it, it has a real application because it's the ones that are like all the all the um all the nobodies, all the um all the people that are I'm just trying to find a verse. Because while, while we were still sinners, he came for us. And... Yeah, no, it's, it's like you've really got that aspect in the in the actual um in, in one chronicle because it's the ones that are really discontented with Saul. It's the ones that couldn't pay the tax. Uh... Yes, in in um in um first Samuel twenty two. He talked about yeah. all those people who came together, who were discontented, who were um, in distress, the Bible said. Yeah. And the reason why, and we re, I remember we, we said that those people gathered unto David. And the yeah. same thing applied to us now, that we have been saved, but you are the reason why you are also saved and following Jesus is because are you contented with the spiritual state of your environment or of yeah. your community? You are not contented. So that's why, like these people gathered to David, we too should gather, should gather to Jesus. So that he, because he's the leader of the army and we are only his, his soldiers, his spiritual soldiers by God's grace. And so... But it was... The, the, it was that, David, that story, it was David. Yes. It was David who turned them in because it says everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, yes. everyone who was bitter and soul, 
gathered to him and he became commander over them. Yes. And there were with him about 400 men. So how does that apply to us? It's, it basically reminds us like we're all sinners and we need Jesus. We all need, we're all desperately, um, as the Bible states that our righteousness is as filthy rags before mm-hmm. God, that nothing that we can do without Jesus, like in the God's word, Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. Yes. And it's, and it's the fact that God takes his wretched people, the ones <laughs> that, yeah, the ones, the wretched people like us and turns them into mighty warriors. Exactly what I was saying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just repeated what I said. I know. But um, yeah, I just added on the end. Um... Okay. So we want to read a story that we read last week and study it together in um, that second Samuel 23. And we'll read it from verse 13. We read it last week. We just want to read it together and then study it and see how that story also applies to us now. Um, it's a very interesting story, but it, it's quite short, but direct. You, we read it last week, but we want to read it again. So, um, Bethel, read first, uh, Second Samuel 23. Read it for us from verse um, 13. Read it down to verse 17. And then, by God's grace, we will now see a a similar demand in the New Testament. Because, you see, the glorious thing about the Word of God is that when you read the Old Testament, the question you are asking is, so this happened hundreds of years ago. How is that same um, symbolic representation, how does it apply to me in, in, the, in the 21st century um, UK that I'm living as a Christian? And we'll soon see it. So read verse 13 down to verse 17. Oh, uh, yeah. During harvest time, three of the 30 chief warriors came down to David at the cave of of Adullam, while a band of Philistines was encamped in the valley of Rephaim. At that time, David was in the stronghold and the Philistine garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So the three mighty warriors broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem and carried it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. Far be it from me, Lord, to do this, he said. Is it not the blood of men who went at the risk of their lives and David would not drink it? Such were the exploits of the three mighty warriors. Okay, so also I I forgot to mention the context in which we are studying this. We're looking at those who will serve God in his vineyard. Um, that was the context in which we were studying this initially. Um, now, going to this story, which is very interesting. So, David was with his men. And in verse, um, the Bible mentioned where the troops of the Philistines were. 
And David was in the stronghold in verse 14. And then the garrison of the Philistines was in Bethlehem. Now, David made a longing in verse 15. Oh, that someone will give me a drink of water from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. This was David's yearning. He just, he didn't say, please, you three men, can you go and get me water? It was a longing. It was a desire he had. As a leader, he just longed. But there was something interesting that happened. He made a longing. He asked, he asked for water from Beth, the well in Bethlehem. And the Bible says in verse 16, three men broke through the camp of the Philistines, drew water from the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. Now, before we examine that verse 16 in detail, can we remember in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, this kind of longing for water? When Jesus was crucified um, at the Calvary, uh, George, yes. he wanted a drink. Okay. Now, before before that story, where else did Jesus ask for water? The woman at the well. The woman at the well. The woman, the woman at the well. Yeah. Now, now, do you know that? Now, let's let's look at. We are trying to see how this applies to us. God, you know, Jesus asked that woman, "Give me a drink." Jesus was demanding from that woman, give me a drink. Beloved brethren, Jesus has not stopped, even in our generation now, asking you and me for a drink. He wants to drink from our lives. <laughs> he wants to, he, because you see, in that story, in John chapter 4, the Bible said Jesus was tired, he was hungry. So he stopped by the well. And here was a woman who came wanting to draw water from the well. And Jesus looked at her and said, give me a drink. That demand, do you know, it's only Jesus that can demand that kind of demand. You know, David here, do you notice that David here could not drink that that water that was brought? Because, you see, what David was asking for, he was asking for fiscal water. Eh? Now, for Jesus, Jesus is not asking for fiscal water from us. Jesus wants, because of the death of Jesus on the cross, he can make that demand from you and from me. Do you get it? Jesus has died for us on the cross. He has paid the ultimate price for us. He has redeemed us from the kingdom of darkness and he has paid the price for our lives. And it is only right for Jesus to ask me and you for spiritual drink that we that we that we satisfy his thirst. 
because Jesus owns us, because the life we now live is not, we are not meant to live it for our own pleasure. We are meant to live it for the pleasure of the Lord. He can, he's asking me and you to give him a drink. Because Jesus is longing, he's thirsty to be satisfied with the, the life you are living for him. Jesus is longing and he's, he's asking us to, to quench his... Jesus is longing to see me and you glorify him. And to see that come to fruition, he's asking me and you to give him a drink from our lives. So that we can glorify him. Remember, it is not physical drink Jesus is looking for. Now, you know, in that, in that, um, in that story in John chapter 4, the story was only written for us to make us appreciate the spiritual implication and demand on our lives for anybody who is going to follow God. So Jesus looked at that woman and said, Give me a drink. David here was longing for a drink. But the interesting thing for me was that as a leader, the men with him responded to that demand. And the, the challenge for me is that if an ordinary human being would desire water and people responded without a, a command, remember, David did not command his men. All David asked was, oh, I want to drink water. Oh, I want to drink water from the well in Bethlehem. That was the, the cry David had. David did not ask anybody to go and get that water. He just said, I want to drink water. But you see, if human beings could respond to a desire from another human being, how much more should we not respond to God's desire and not the only desire? He's calling me and you to give him spiritual drink that we satisfy his longing to see me and you being um being being a refreshment refreshing refreshment to him yes um kevin and to further the sort of parallel sort of thing bethlehem yes house of bread and uh, <laughs> jesus is the bread of life yes the bread of life mm. but also i would suggest um that these these mighty men did what they did in their flesh. Mm. This is, uh, you know, what we serve and what we provide is through the spirit. Yes. So, you know, if we if we're operating in the flesh, yeah, I would suggest it's not particularly pleasing to God. Yes. Operate in the spirit, mm. and it, well, you can only please God if you are in the spirit. But the thing is, the thing is, most of these men did operate. I think that if you can read the read the tales of what actually happened like if you read like the whole of like one samuel two samuel like uh david kind of asked the lord like where they need to go like i think they were caught up in a city and he asked the lord where they need to go and uh like there was a time i think when they got stuck in uh, i think saul that kind of nailed them down and uh they got stuck by samuel and you had it uh, was it ramallah 
and everyone ended up prophesying mm. in the in the fact of um so so as soon as they tried to attack they 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 ended up kind of prophesying and things like that so they had so yeah so you, if you look at the whole story of say one Samuel and two Samuel it, there's a lot of biblical kind of stuff that's that's there kind of um on the um just spiritually it's like you kind of think okay because it says the spirit of the lord came upon them mightily so there's because you even have the story of um is it abigail and the, and the shit remember the story of abigail that that um naboth turns to his heart turns to stone he ends up kind of dead so because because he wasn't um Yes. Um, the the um, the story of Nabal and Abigail. I'm trying to see how that correlates to. Well, 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 they all, well the, the whole way through the, the whole way, when David was fleeing, like the like the spirit of the Lord was following the whole time that he was there. Mm. Because because you've got uh, in one of the Psalms it says, "Cast me not away from your presence." So essentially, his presence. He was like Moses, like like Moses was a man that like uh, if if you don't go with me, if your presence doesn't go with me, I'm not going anywhere. I mean, David was a man like that. Mm. He was got a man to God's own heart. Mm. So 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 the but because the amount of, the amount of stuff that David went through, I I I mean like like having to live in different caves and things like that, or just living rough mm. in different caves with someone chasing you for like constantly, and then having his, his son chasing you. It, it, it like, like you kind of think you're going to go through a hard time. Like, I mean, David went through a massively hard time. And because, because most of the Psalms would be written if it wasn't for the, the hard time that David went through kind of, um, mm. so yeah. So yeah. I know what I think about the fact yeah. David was a man who the Lord who had who lived in who lived in God's presence and the Lord yeah. was there. and uh, you know like we said we are just kind of kind of trying to see the symbolic should I call it the archetypal representation of David in the Old Testament and Jesus to us in the New Testament yeah so this David was going to be made king Jesus is our king, and we are to we are to insist and also in our generation and um, glorify him and make him king in our lives and in our environment. Um, yeah. And the reason why I raised the issue of the Samaritan woman was because the Lord was longing to drink from the hand of this Samaritan woman. Yeah. The same way the Lord is longing to drink from your life and from my from your life and my life. And so the drink we are talking about here, David was longing for physical water. But Jesus is longing not for physical water from us. Jesus is not asking you to give him a drink physically. What Jesus is longing for is that because he died for you, he's longing to be glorified by your life. So if you notice in the Old Testament, 
David, when they brought that water to David, he could not drink it. Why could he not drink it? He, he, he said it very clearly. He said, ah, I cannot drink this. Is this not the blood of men? You see, men jeopardize their lives, risk their lives to go and bring water to David. And David would not drink it. Now, our Lord Jesus shed his blood. Is it it? Our Lord Jesus shed his blood for you and me. Do you get it? And because our Lord Jesus has paid the ultimate price for me and you, Jesus has a right to ask you and me to give him a drink of our lives. And Jesus is, he is longing for it because he can ask for it. And we have no option but to give him an offering of our lives. Look at what David, just to, just to explain what I'm saying. David poured the drink as an offering unto the Lord. Do you see? That's what David did. The Lord is asking us to also pour out our lives as an offering to him. Because he is actually our Lord and Savior. Do you see the, 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 the parallels in that story in the Old Testament and the symbolic demand in the New Testament for us? Do you see the relationship? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just thinking about a verse um, yes. that might help us maybe understand. <coughs> talking about Jesus um, wanting to be satisfied because mm. of the sacrifice that he's made. You know, he wants to see some fruit from that. Mm. So if you read Isaiah, Isaiah 53. So that's the one that talk, you know, talks about predicted the Messiah's suffering, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Um, that whole chapter. But um, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So from verse 10, Isaiah yes. 3, verse 10. But it, it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for, for sin, he will have many descendants. Mm. He will enjoy a long life and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, mm. will be satisfied. And because of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous for he will bear all their sins. Then that links to what you were saying um, earlier as well, um, Dom, about you know the, the fact that we were all sinners and Jesus called us and made you know made all those people make made us warriors in His kingdom yeah. to do His will to fulfill His every desire and His desire really is that more people will come into salvation, will be made righteous through Him. That is His. That's His thirst. Mm-hmm. And he's older, you know, that's what he really wants. That's why he died. So it's just, I see it as part of fulfilling scripture that we, you know, he died for people expecting that they would come to him and, you know, 
make satisfy the desire of his heart that more people be saved hmm. i don't you know um that's just what's yeah. the scripture has come to me i don't know if it if it fits with what you're saying is it yes know? it does because uh just to highlight and to add to what you said the scripture you read the bible says that in verse uh, 10 it says yet it pleased the lord to bruise him he has put him to grief when you make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed and he shall prolong his days. <clears throat> and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. He'll be satisfied with what? When Jesus died on that cross, he paid the price. He paid the ultimate price. He rose up in glory. And when Jesus was lifted up, he drew all men unto, he drew men to himself. Now, every time, because of Christ's death on the cross, we can't repay him. But there's something the Lord is looking for. He's looking for the product of that seed that was sown in our lives. And that is what God is looking for. That is what is, he is being pleased about. You know, the Bible talked about Jesus. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus is looking for pleasure, righteous pleasure from our lives. That is the drink he is looking to drink from your life and from my life. That is what he's looking for. And as we give him that drink as an offering to the Lord, as we give up our lives consistently as an offering to the Lord, he is pleased in it. That is what glorifies him. It's not first of all your money. It's not first of all the physical thing you give God. He's looking that you give him your life first. You see, those men, those soldiers, they put their life at risk to give physical water to David to drink. But the Lord, you know, has, has shown us our, the example ourselves. The Lord has paid the ultimate price for us so that the life we now live, we are living it to the glory and to the pleasure of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That is the... Um, symbolic representation or should i call it the symbolic demand that the lord is calling us to give him even in our own lives now let me just read a scripture to buttress what i'm saying if you remember in second corinthians chapter 5 paul was explaining the result of the death of christ on the cross for you and me um, we've read this scripture before, but just to remind us, if you look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I will read verse 15 and verse, verse 14 and 15. It says, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judged us that if one died for all, then all died. Verse 15. And he died for all, 
so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but to live for him who died for them and rose again. So you see that Jesus poured his life first for us. Jesus humbled himself to become a mere man and poured that life. Uh, should I say he shed his blood? He went to the cross for you and me. Now, he didn't stop there. Look at the reason why he, he died for all in verse 15. So that those who live, so me and you now living, we should no longer live for ourselves. What God is calling me and you to do now is to the point that we can be like those soldiers who will even jeopardize their lives to please God. He died for all so that we should no longer live for themselves. See these soldiers. Immediately, David called and said, oh, I want to drink water. They did not even tell David, we are going to go and get the water for you. They went. Look at men who gave their lives for a human being. And David did not die for their sins. <laughs> but look at us. We have our Lord Jesus, the captain of our salvation, who died for our sins. And he's demanding for us that the reason why he died for you and me is so that we should no longer live for ourselves. Our lives should not be for our own life now. We should live for him. Our life should become a drink offering to the Lord. Remember Paul? Paul mentioned it some time ago. He said, my life has been poured out as a drink offering. That is the demand the Lord is asking for us. That will be poured out to him. That we will not hold back ourselves and say, this is for me. This is for the Lord. No, our all is for the Lord. If the Lord is actually the Lord of all, then he has to be the Lord of our lives. That is the demand God is asking for us, even in our own generation now. He's looking for people who will pour out their hearts. And, and the Bible says that we shall love, we shall love the Lord God with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our soul. That is the demand. That's what God is calling us to. And we saw in the Old Testament, those men, when they did what they did, and they brought the water, to show you how, how um, David took it, if he drank that water, he was going to be drinking the blood of human beings. For him, it was, you, you can't do that and say, I should just drink the water. No. And you know, it, it, it only points to another very important lesson for me. That I am also a human being. Mm -hmm. No matter how God is using you, is using me, 
We are all human beings. We cannot drink. <laughs> we don't have a right to drink from the lives of men the way David was was going to was not going to do. If I'm if I'm allowed to use that. Yeah, Kevin. Just just for a technical question, really. I mean, I've always thought of that he was referring to that they put their lives at risk and they could have been dead. And but equally, what's what's the chances that they didn't kill the odd Philistine in order to get it? Yeah, it's pretty slim. Pretty slim, I would. Of course. So there was real blood spilt. Yeah. as well, sort of thing. Yeah. Of oh, the Gentiles, if you want to put it that way, which again, yes. Christ is the cornerstone. You know, he's brought mm. us in, sort of thing. So, so yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think a few, a few, some blood was really spilled. As yeah, well that's, as you know, it. exactly. You see, that's why David, you know, he say, he say, you know, when David said, how can I drink this? Is the blood of me. You know, he was thinking beyond the physical water that was in front of him. And, you know, that should make me appreciate, again, the sacrifices people have paid when it comes to matters of faith. I must not belittle spiritual sacrifices. I must not look down on it. I must be challenged in my heart when I hear stories of Men and women who have gone before me, who have done great work for God, it should challenge my spirit. You know, some people, they will read stories about old Christians and what they did, and there is no challenge in their spirit. They don't see it as a sacrifice. They see, well, that's their life. They, 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 are, they are just committed to God. It doesn't inspire a, a devotion to be more committed to the Lord Jesus, even in your own life. And that is what this story teaches me, that I should be sensitive to spiritual sacrifice so that I too can make my heart available for God to use. Yes, Um, Kevin. Yeah, um, I might have to mute Liam. The um, I've just been reading One Kings, and it does the comparison between David's heart and mm. and Solomon's heart. Mm. And what it clearly, clearly, clearly states is that uh, David always followed God. Always, mm. he never, he never turned to strange gods. Never turned to strange gods. And I think this is what we're seeing here again: is that he's talking spiritually. Mm. So many, you know, and uh, and the men didn't get it. The, main, the great, the mighty men of God didn't get it, unfortunately. Same way when Jesus told parables that people didn't didn't, didn't understand it. But the, but again, it, I think it's the highlight of how we need to follow one God. Yeah. yeah no strange gods, no other idols. Mm. And as you said, the Ten Commandments, Commandment number one. So, oh, uh, you know that reminds me, Kevin. Um, when do you remember? Rehoboam. When Rehoboam became king, the people gathered to him and said, your father stressed us. Your father put a great demand on our lives. Now, you are now king. What are you going to do? (laughs) And Rehoboam, as, uh, as 
he was an ingrate and he received terrible advice. Well, he received good, good advice first. <laughs> yes, but he, 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 he inclined to terrible advice. And he, he said, if my father used, how did he put it again? If my father used scotches. A little finger will be as strong as his exactly. loins. That is a man who does not, who is not sensitive to the sacrifice of people. That was how the kingdom was split from him. That was the beginning. But it also fulfilled God's prophecy. So God knew he was going to do it. Yes. But at the end of the day, it, it just points to... to his character. Just, his to character. The, exactly. I, I have to be sensitive to people's input. For instance, now, I must not take it for granted the way we are gathered like this to study the word of God. Those, these little, little things, let me not call it little, but these things are very important in the, in the spiritual sense. And one must not take it for granted. David never took what these people did for granted. Um, Rehoboam, we are giving example, he, 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 he took it for granted. Even Jesus never put, took these things for granted. Do you remember when Jesus said, if any, if you give a cup of water to anybody in my name, you are doing it to me. Do you see how Jesus, even your giving cup of water for somebody to be refreshed, Jesus never took it for granted. So it's a it's a it's a lesson for me too, not to take spiritual service, even if I receive help from somebody. I must not take it for granted because Jesus is not taking it for granted. Why must I? Why must I believe to it? Somebody gives you a lift. You are waiting for a bus and somebody gives you a lift to where you are going. And you take it for granted. No, we are not allowed to. Yes, Kevin. We had, well, again, maybe not, but we, we had an example the other day about where, where somebody had was given a lift. Somebody did some service to somebody, you know, physical service, and they, they desperately, desperately, desperately needed to pay them for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could not not pay for them, pay pay for the help. Could have been a taxi fare. It could have yeah, been yeah, yeah. A, 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 a you know thing for that. How often? How often do we really cheerfully give? To the men and women of God who's serving the word, runs the service on a Sunday, sets up the, the room, um, you know, cleans the toilets or whatever sort of you, you know you want to do. Many people take it for granted that Christians should serve because they should serve. They don't actually, um, they don't value it. To yes. some Sometimes we don't value it, that mm. uh, the effort and the work that people are putting in to, to serve God and serve mm. us. Mm. In the spirit, in the in the word of God, and things like that. No, the Lord will help us because we 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 are prone to take these things for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and and the comfort I get is that yes, that's why the fact that human beings take it for granted. The Lord said He will not forget. You see, that's the glorious thing for me. 
that the Lord said he will not forget your labor of love. The Lord himself doesn't take it for granted. You know, if, if, if I, I mean, let me, permit me to say this. If God, of course, God forbid, but if God was taking it for granted, will you not be discouraged easily? What, of what use is your service to God? <laughs> if the Lord just pushes it aside, but he will not. The little thing you do for God is, is, is very precious in his sight. The help you offer to somebody is precious in his sight. And I, one must not ride high on the fact that, yes, even if you are helping people uh, spiritually in your ministry or whatever, you know, and people are very grateful to that for what you are doing. It's not a, it's, it doesn't now give you the clout to now say, yes, 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 yes. Yes, you have to, <laughs> you have to be great. You have to be grateful for what I'm doing. Even that you are not allowed to, because remember, your very life is a sacrifice unto God because of what Jesus did for you on that cross. You are already a debtor to, to, to men because of what Jesus gave you. You see, if, for instance, now I'm preaching the word of God, I cannot come and boast and be demanding for thanks because it is my duty to do. If I do not do this, I will not be paying my debt with the Lord Jesus asked me to pay. I have become a debtor because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. That's why we read this scripture. He died for all so that the life we now live, we are not living it unto ourselves. We are living it for him. So do you congratulate a man who pays his debt? Do you throw a party for him and say, well done, you have paid your debt. <laughs> you don't do that. He has paid his debt. He is free from the body of that debt. It's the same thing. For us as Christians, remember, I, I, do you remember that scripture? The Bible says, oh, no man anything except love. Because I, I can't, you can't but not pay your debt. I don't want to get to the end of my race. And the Lord is saying, you owed men the word of God and you did not pay them. You did not give them the word of God. You did not discharge your debts. You did not pay it off before leaving. No, I don't want that to be the end of my story. Sorry, Kevin, you were going to. Oh, again, I was going to say, it's a debt of love. It is a debt of love that we yeah. have. But equally... Um, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want any man or woman of God who's working on Lord, you know, to live in that thing of there's always more I could have, should have, would have done as mm. well. And um, when we are serving the Lord, it should please us as it pleases God. Yes. Should, you know, there is, I think there isn't anything wrong in taking pleasure in serving God. Yes. That, that way. And there are men that I think there are many good Christians who are serving God are living in that, oh, I've not done enough or I need to do more. And, and, yeah. and I don't think that's healthy or, yeah. or uh, even beneficial, mm. even beneficial because then it becomes a, a, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Yes. You know, it's, uh, you know, you've got to get that balance right. You've got yeah. to get so, right. you know, like you said, the pleasure we are talking about is not pleasure from human beings. It's pleasure from the Lord. You know, that divine satisfaction, it comes only from the Lord. 
human beings can never give it. Even when human beings attempt to give it, you notice that there's always an emptiness because it's human beings. You know, that's why um, our, our accountability is first of all to the Lord. That is where our approval comes from. That's why even if human beings don't see you doing God's work, because the Lord sees you and you are, you are aiming and you are searching for his approval stamp, that's all matters. If you're looking for it in the world, it will never be enough. Yeah. <laughs> it will never but be. That doesn't give us an excuse not to give it to our brothers and sisters. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's why, that's why I thank God that we are not God. <laughs> because there is, no, there is no way you can please human beings. You know, human beings, even if you give them your head, they will still say, why did you give me your arm to that's human beings. Human beings always take sacrifice for granted. You know, I'll give an example. Do you know even the issue of salvation? I remember some time ago, somebody told me very clearly when I was talking to the person about the gospel. He said, but this puzzles me. How can you say salvation is that straightforward? <laughs> How can you say one man died for me years ago? And I should accept that as his love towards me. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't fit human logic. If, the, if the, the sacrifice was that the Lord Jesus did one great thing and you have to repay that great thing, there is a chance that human beings will embrace it because they are doing something to end salvation. But because salvation is free, People take it for granted. The, the blood, the, the, the price of salvation that Jesus paid for us on that cross was free. We didn't pay for it. But that doesn't mean it's cheap. And because it looks as if it's free, or because it's free, people think it's cheap. So they don't believe in it. They don't value it. Some people don't respect it because they think because it's free. Because something is free does not mean that it's cheap. In our, in our world today, once something is free, automatically in your head, you say, oh, it's cheap. Because it's free. So it's cheap. I'll give an example. Look at the NHS. I know we pay for it from our taxes, isn't it? But, you know, some people take it for granted. So if they have an appointment with the doctor, they will, if they don't want to, if they are not going to attend, they will bother, they will not even bother calling and saying, sorry, I'm going to cancel this appointment. Because you see, if they were paying for it, it would be a different attitude. If they were paying for it directly, it would be a different attitude. Because they are not paying for it, their attitude towards it is different. And at times, even in spiritual things, we must not, we must be careful that we are not caught up in that, in that mindset. That because salvation is free, it doesn't make it cheap. And that's why I must not take it for granted as well. You know, that's what the Lord is, is, wants us to be aware of. And I trust that God will help us that 
we will appreciate spiritual sacrifices and even know and be be it's good to reinforce this in our heart again that we are meant to be we we are meant to be poured out unto the lord as an offering for the lord himself so that he can be pleased with our lives so that he can he can see us as his committed servants and soldiers who will follow him war human beings are doing it for human beings why can't we do it for our lord i remember i was watching a program about this um the most the strictest head teacher and one of the teachers that worked in that um, head teacher school said when when i listen to my head teacher speak i am ready to follow her war <laughs> you see how human beings can commit themselves to other human beings it always challenges me and i'm always saying god can you help me to be more committed to you because you are far more than a human being who can commit their their lives their hearts to other human beings lord why am i so lackadaisical when it comes to my commitment to you because you gave me far more than this life can ever give lord help me to be more committed to you because it it, it matters a lot you've given me salvation if you your love was so was so deep and shed uh, you, you shed that love for me on the cross why am i holding back lord help me to give you more of my life help me to be poured out that's what the lord wants sorry kevin oh we'll stop here yes well it, it was going to be on the side of you know that people think it's cheap because it's free and and You've just said, you know, that's the first and foremost thing is that we receive salvation, and that is priceless in itself. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, as Derek Prince sort of teaches on, you know, that elderly scholar, um, on the divine exchange, there's, there's a lot that happens on the cross, and there's a lot that happens that when we receive Christ, like we're a new creature, these, you know, uh, that the, we receive so much more, which we don't talk about very often. You know, and we don't, you know, and um, there was a list I saw about, I think it's 32, 33, 36 things that happen when you get saved. 36 things. And we dwell on, we dwell on one, the big one, which is salvation. And the, yeah. but it, it sort of, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't consider all these other things that have been done to us. That, you know, we're made co-heirs, we're made new creatures, we're made, you know, the, the um, we, you know, we, you know, sin has been taken away. Literally, it's been God doesn't see it anymore. It's, you know, it's not covered like the the blood of bulls and goats. It is, you know, it has been removed. It has been removed. You know, justified as if we'd never done it. And and I think because a lot of these things we don't talk about very often, we do forget about them, even if we ever knew about them. <laughs> in that sense, and uh, and um, 
maybe suppresses some of the things that you're you're looking for and hoping for that we will all walk in mm. in all those 32 36 blessings that happen the moment we are saved the mm. moment we come to christ so maybe we'll have a teaching on that sometime the 37 things that happened on that day that we came to we each came to christ and you find out that the more you explain to those things you find out it's more than that seven uh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You find um, that that's far more. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is with Pilgrim's progress. I guess we can all like, like Pilgrim, the entire walk that he leads. There's always stuff that can lead us astray, and we always need leading back to that that narrow path and that narrow way. Hmm. We always need need um, as it says, iron sharpens iron. So we hmm. always need that. That thing to bring us bring us back but again he's over he's overcome the world that we can we've overcome the world so as 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 open our eyes need to be that we don't we shouldn't be fearful of that in that sense because we you know we have the confidence that we have all that we need in order to overcome those things but you've also got bible verses where it says beware lest you stand lest you fall and, yeah. and the thing is we've always got chances that we that's why we need one another because yes, because we need other people to bring us back mm-hmm. to kind of say, okay, you're doing stuff wrong here. We need the, the, the because part of the Holy Spirit's job is conviction of sin, righteousness, and judgment yet to come. And which, we all, we, which, which we've all been through, which is why we received Christ. What do you mean? We all, it's a continual work. It's something we we continually need. It's it's all. Well, when when you got born again, your sin was cut. You know, your sin was taken. Sorry, away. brothers. Probably, if we can carry on this uh, <laughs> next couple days, well, in fact, I think well, what I can suggest: can we please start? Uh, you know, um, half eight, so that we will have more time to discuss. Because the thing is, if we, uh, what you call the one, uh, start late, we'll finish late, and uh, you know, we need to go to the church tomorrow. Come and join Pastor George's Bible Study at 8 p.m. 